Hello and welcome to Don't Tell Me What to Do, the astrology podcast. I'm Lisa Kiss, your host, and I'm also an astrologer, teacher, and conscious business guide. This podcast is named after one of my favorite sayings and expressions to live your life. We're all here to experience life in our own unique ways. So keep listening to explore different views of living life through astrology, business, and personal development as we go through the Zodiac seasons together and with our guests. So hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am here with Brenda. I I don't say last names because I never want to say them wrong. (laughs) But uh, Brenda runs all mindful marketing, and I'm excited to have her on not only to talk about marketing and mindful strategies within marketing, but anything in the realm of like yoga, mindfulness, we'll bring in some astrology, but we first connected, I want to say, in t- late 2020 or early 2020, yeah, yeah. during her um, free offering, which I don't know if you do something similar still but it was very very insightful it was called spiral hour and it was all about marketing and like business development and I always just remember I get so like tunnel vision with stuff and so having the biz dev um, component of it I remember was really helpful but it coming from somebody who has that holistic approach to everything but um, I will pass it off to you to introduce yourself to everybody yeah thank you and no I don't have something similar or I kind of put those on pause I love them too they were so much fun to have people come and co-create together they were also free um, so it was um, a free offering and I can talk more about that if we get to it like marketing strategies and stuff but that was one of them Um, and I guess yeah to introduce myself so yeah my name is Brenda my last name is Umana so just FYI if you wanted to know how to pronounce it Um, And how, yeah, this is always a funny question for me. I think the way that I generally introduce myself is like, I'm a business owner, I'm a mindful marketer, I'm a yoga and meditation teacher. And really my my lines of work holistically are empowering communities, all types of communities um, through mindful communication, which is my marketing business right now, and mindful education which sometimes is that siloed yoga meditation. Um, But it's really cool when I can kind of bridge the two and talk about the two Mm -hmm. um, in a way to show that these modalities, similar to your modalities in astrology, can be so applicable to just running a business and um, creating a life or a business that we love. So, yeah. Yes. So to, let's start off with the astrology introduction first. Mm. So um, you have a Taurus sun, Aquarius moon, Sag rising. So do you want to share what you know a little bit about that or what you connected with about your like big three placements? Oh, that's a good question. I know that my Taurus, which I've been kind of following that part of me since you know I was a kid like reading magazines and stuff um, when you would like find them in the back of the magazines so I always knew I was a Taurus I really connected with that like stubbornness I really connected with the um, lover of like home or like beautiful things texture um, and in a way money like just being kind of more comfortable with money and and that really provides a lot of stability for me, I really resonate with that as a Taurus. And then as I then learned about the other two, 
I'm still learning like what those two mean. I think for the Sag, um, rising, I connect a lot with that. I think it's like that kind of traveler or like spirit, a bit more open spirited, which is really funny to have that with my Taurus. And then with the Aquarius moon, the main thing I remember was something about like emotions or like emotional or something or like something like that. And that was like, yeah, I, I can be very, um, I, I almost don't want to say I can be very emotional because that just all of a sudden sounds like a bad thing, but I'm just very attuned to my emotions and my sensitivity. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like with an Aquarius moon, you're almost like, I don't know if you feel like you can like almost be, like observe your emotions, like you're, you're attached, but detach them at the same time. It's an interesting way to like process them, but yeah. Yes, very much. So I'm like, I'm feeling this sadness and it's like, I can almost like tangibly hold it sometimes, but it's like, it's still there. Mm -hmm. I can't really do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the sad rising, I feel like it's fun to have Sagittarius rising it's considered like the luckiest rising sign because it's ruled Ooh. by Jupiter which is like the planet of expansion and your Jupiter is in Taurus so like even though you're so like your rising sign I almost find with Sag rising you'll hear like the traveler the adventurer but it's also like the teacher so it's like mm. I mean I know you're a yoga teacher but even within your business it's almost like with the marketing it's like do you enjoy doing the marketing for people or do you like educating them on how to like do it definitely the education of how how to do it like when I can step into like marketing coach mm -hmm. or consultant and I'm just kind of being that teacher that's like my favorite zone <laughs> yeah yeah Sag yeah Sagittarius energy it's almost like you're the teacher but you're always learning something too and mm -hmm. like opposite your Sag you have Venus and Gemini I do too so I always get so excited when I see someone else with Venus and Gemini it's like um, your Mercury is also in Gemini and like your Mars is in Aquarius so you have a lot of air in your chart which is oh. almost that like I think I'm sad or I think I'm this like you go straight to the thinking sometimes first um but like Mercury and Gemini is almost like this ability to know a lot of things, study a lot of things and have like a strong like intelligence or like just memorization of just things that you're learning. And then that Venus and Gemini is like, here's everything that I love. It's lots of different things. And I might bounce between them or combine them or like, why can't it be two? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, very much so, which is why this mindful marketing business happened in a way, because I, I'm like, I love yoga. I'm always in some training of some sort. And yeah. then it's like, how can I either combine it or yeah, keep it separate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I'm trying to see what else in the chart. You have a lot at the bottom. So whenever like most, like everything except Pluto is at the bottom. So like whenever I see at the bottom, um because you're born at night it's I like to say the bottom it's like a test to see okay is this person more introverted because at the bottom or are they more extroverted if the stuff's at the top oh well I am very much introverted or I do resonate more with being an introvert loving like quietness and alone time and all that so and it that does that connect with the bottom thing too yeah. oh so interesting yeah so I sometimes like to think of the chart as like a clock or a calendar so like the very top is like noon, the very bottom is like midnight. So depending on what time you're born, 
your the sun will be in a different like part of the chart so like I was born at 9 a.m so like where yours is in the chart like over here mine's like over here mm. so you can look at it like a clock or even like with seasons so like um like Sagittarius would even like if you're reading a horoscope read for Sagittarius not Taurus and then that I don't know if you feel like a a sense of renewal in Sagittarius seasons so like end of November beginning of December or if you just feel like like full of energy or you have more ideas and you're like ready to execute them yeah yeah definitely and it, it's usually like a little bit even later like I don't often resonate with like the new year being in December it almost feels like I'm renewing in like a January type of time okay yeah and then um so like okay I always go to you're you're like born at that time with um okay you told I totally thought you were younger than you are if I look at the year but like you read it's like the um it's called like the millennial signature when you have um Uranus Saturn and Neptune all in Capricorn so it okay all three of them are in Capricorn and it's like the uh the millennial signature just like with the years with all the planets in Capricorn and it's like you may have a part of you that feels like you're you have to be successful or it's something that you really want for yourself and you're always working towards it there's this really deep drive within you mm-hmm. where you want to like build something for yourself mm-hmm. yeah that resonates yeah mm-hmm. very much so yeah and then so that would be like the Saturn but then with your North node, South node, um, it's really cool to see like the North node's like supposed to be where you're going. South node is like past life. If I can bring up past life stuff, but, um, do you find that you're really good with like details and organization or like putting systems together? Um, yeah, I would say probably in when I first started, I guess I, yeah, when I first graduated I was in accountants or that's what I studied business and accounting and so I was I am you know my nature is to be kind of that as I've kind of explored more of you know my worlds maybe I've gotten a little bit more creative or just like maybe out of that a little bit more but it still very much is like when things aren't like super organized or if I bring somebody into my business and they're not kind of following my system I'm like oh like I get a little frustrated when it's like I kind of like to put this here, you know? So your South node is in Virgo, which means that your past life energies were like, you know, like you've done the details, you've done the organization. So it's going to come to you naturally. And your soul wants to experience the North and Pisces, which is all about like other realms and your spirituality and connecting with something that's beyond like, like, here's my phone. Like, no, no, what's, what's, what's the energy around the phone and how yeah. does the wi-fi connect to the phone and what all of that kind of stuff um but there's almost like some people say if you're like too much in your south node you're not achieving your north node but i think it's like you almost need to know the really practical stuff and understand it to then move into the the spiritual realm of things definitely yeah and that's very much how kind of yoga my journey with yoga too is very much into like the physical poses and like all of the tangible details of like how to do arm balances. And then as I progress, I'm like, I love this like mystical and like non visible parts of the practice too. 
Yeah. It's my north node and south node are opposite yours. And I, I, I come across people all the time that have north node and Pisces. And it's just like my south node's there. So I've already done the mystical. I'm here to learn the details. Uh-huh. And I always find the, the people who have the opposite. I feel like it's like that balance mm-hmm. in energies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I'll talk about with your chart to almost tie into what you do with because I think we're going to talk about like mindful marketing next mm-hmm. so your midheavens and Libra and my new obsession with like everything I'm sharing is like the midheaven but um the midheaven and Libra would be ruled by your Venus which is in Gemini and I always say if there's a Gemini connection to career in the chart the person works in marketing like where I work it's marketing agency we all have a Gemini somewhere like I'm actually a Gemini my manager's a Gemini rising, like there's Gemini, we're like, it's the the communicator energy, like I have a message just to share, so your Venus with like all those things you know is up there, like, okay, let's share the message, but the Libra um, part of it is, would kind of be like, here's me, and here's you, and I just want to develop like one-to-ones with people, like one-to-one containers as as opposed to like group settings, like you want to actually get to know people one-to-one connecting or resonating. Yeah. I do love one-to-one. Like I love both, I guess I'll say like, I love being in a group class. I love being, but when, um, especially I guess on the marketing side of things, when I get to have that intimacy with people in that conversation or get to know people like that, um, yeah, I just want to keep going or I don't want to like stop. Um, and I, and, and I also perhaps sometimes resist that because of the nature of marketing or the way that marketing and social media have such an emphasis on group that it can often feel like, why would I kind of do this one-on-one if like all of the emphasis is on this like external group and bigger is better type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like, um, even like the midheaven could also be like how you're seen in like the public, like your public image. That's like, I feel like a very old school astrology term they use, but it's like how you're seen to other people who aren't like your friends and family. That's how I kind of describe it. Ooh. So another way to look at it would be like Libra is all about balance. So like you come across as somebody who feels very like harmonious or you have everything kind of like aligned or organized in a way. Um, and then anything that like well, I mean, I know your, your Instagrams and your branding, it all feels very like visually appealing and there's an aesthetic and it's like, makes like everything looks really beautiful and Libra being Venus rule. That's all about like love, beauty, abundance, everything. So, um, you'll be either gravitated to like even making things beautiful or helping even like sharing a beautiful message, like words, writing, anything like that. And it's air. So it's like people connections all that. I love that. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Words are my favorite medium to create beauty in a way. And then I think followed by the colors and visuals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Some people say like Libra is like the artist. So like some way, like you could be an artist in many different ways, but it's, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. And then do you want to share now that we've talked about that, um, how you got into doing what you do and like your journey, I guess, through yoga for sure. and, and all of that? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think it's so it's so fun to hear people's journeys sometimes, and especially people that kind of get into marketing. I've noticed that their journeys are really interesting too. So, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I did business and accounting after you know I graduated school, college, um, and then around the time that I was working in the corporate finance world, I found yoga through corporate wellness. And that just completely like something inside me, I didn't know what was happening, but something inside me was like, this is, you need to shift. So I pretty much quit my job without another job and was like, all right, I am going to apply to grad school because I needed to find success, how you mentioned. Um, and I also at that same time went to yoga school and I then went on and studied public health in grad school and then kind of really like married my worlds of yoga, mindfulness, research, um, and all that. Then after grad school, I started working in health tech and I started working in like startups where, you know, you apply to a job, but you kind of have to do a bunch of stuff. So I started working with some marketing stuff, some marketing projects, and that's how I got into marketing. And at the time, I just knew that this felt, the marketing side felt more creative, felt more freeing. It didn't feel so salesy, um, which I also had projects that were on like sales calls and, and business development and that just didn't fully align with me. So then I went on a journey of exploring marketing and marketing agencies um, and running a couple marketing departments and in, in some other startups. And eventually I ventured off on my own and I ventured off on my own kind of organically, um, not necessarily wanting to, but more so like I couldn't find that in between thing. I wanted it to be a mindfulness yoga marketing role of some sort and like nothing at that time, this was now maybe four or five years ago, nothing at that time was really in that intersection. Now there are a lot more like mindful marketing roles or just like health mindful startups like Calm or um, Headspace, like these big tech companies that are in the mindful world that also now have marketing departments. But at the time it was a bit limited. Um, so organically over time, I started to find my niche and I started to find my way um, through freelancing, through finding clients, still teaching, and then eventually um, realizing that I need to be more specific with what I'm doing. And that's how own marketing um, came about. And the name, um, yeah, I guess I can back up like how did own marketing, obviously the sound of ohm is a big yoga thing. And um, that was one reason, but my actual uh, business entity name is of the mind ventures. And I wanted my entity to just have that depth because I don't know if I'll be doing marketing forever. I don't know, you know, I have to change a lot of my rules all the time. Um, and when I sat down one day, I was actually leading a retreat and I sat down to like, think of like, what is my business name? My last name in Sanskrit, the way that Sanskrit is spoken is through like sounds and syllables. So my last name, if you break it up in those syllables, translates to mother of the mind. And so that was like, okay, I love that. And I kind of still hold some of my yoga stuff in that, but then I basically cut it short to of the mind. 
Um, so it, my ohm is of the mind marketing. Um, so yeah, long story of how that all got bundled up into my marketing business. Okay, wow, that's, that's really interesting to like hear the journey. I love hearing the journey because you never think that like, like you said, public health would like yeah. lead yeah. to this. Like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It really is um, so interesting to me. And I think the public health, what public health gave me was I realized that everything is health. Everything we do in life is meant for our well-being. And I think that when we think of health, we only think of our body. But health is really everything. It's my body, my mind, my spirit, my emotions, my financial well health. It's like, you know, it's a little bit of everything. And anything that we do is to me, after going through my public health program, health related. So I view marketing or mindful marketing as a way to enhance people's well-being and and you know make people healthier. Mm -hmm. Encourage people to be healthier. Yeah, like okay, two things come up. Hopefully I can remember them as I as I talk. But um so uh just so like people who are listening or can be aware. So like um Lily, who's one of my yoga teachers, also knows Brenda, which is just such a cool, almost global kind of connection. Lily goes like everywhere in the world. But she yeah. was on the podcast in the winter and she was talking about wellness in like the workplaces, and she was even talking about your eye line or like the sunlight beaming off and all of these things. And it's just things like I wouldn't think about, but they do contribute to your health if you're sitting in the same place every day and working and it's not a like efficient environment to like help your well-being. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that it was just kind of mind-blowing. But yes, everything can be like somehow connected to health. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I don't think it's talked about a lot because now people talk about like mind, body, soul, like doing something even in the morning, mind, body, soul, like practices. But I saw this quote on Instagram and it's like, it was from a therapist and they were like, a lot of people's issues could be solved or mental health struggles might be lessened if they were either paid more or like they had more money or in something like that. And I think financial wellness isn't something that like is talked about a lot and like it is a big contributing factor I, I I call it like the root chakra issue the world has a root chakra um Definitely. instability right now because like what I talked to you but before we hit record but like with Taurus housing food and money are all root chakra things yes and they're kind of being like shaken up right now globally so that's a good point yeah food is food prices are rising housing is rising um like housing scarcity some people don't have homes right now and yeah it that's such a good point that this these conversations that we have on like this micro level are actually also macro level topics mm -hmm. um yeah yeah I always like um even now like with me even combining astrology and business it's almost like talking to people first about asking like root chakra questions because mm -hmm. you can't even really like focus on your needle chart or self-awareness or building a business if your root chakra is not stabilized and I speak from this from experience <laughs> from last year I went through a little like root chakra instability and like you can't like connect upward until that you feel like settled so it's like my new my new thing but yeah. it's so true yeah it's so true when that foundational first because that is such a foundational part you can't even envision or it's almost like 
the scarcity mindset too, where it's like, if you're in scarcity mindset, you can't even imagine a world where you have more money or you have the business. Cause you're like, I'm just trying to survive. I just need to survive right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this isn't one of the questions, but where do you think marketing lies on the chakras? Like, Ooh, I think it is very much a throat chakra. Okay. Um, it very much feels like for me, at least the way that I view marketing is a way to communicate. Mm-hmm. And the more that we understand how to communicate with ourselves and with others, I think the more effective we can be at our marketing strategies and marketing is huge, right? You can be a graphic designer, you can be a, a, a copywriter, right? I think all of those ways we're trying to communicate and say um, something to the public. What about you? I would, I don't know. I went straight to like um, the sacral, just the, like the creative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But yes, the throat chakra, I was like, oh yes, that makes so much sense. Um, how I find with, um, it's almost like a, you have the creative idea then you have to have like the confidence to like share it, but then it should be from the heart. What you're saying, you shouldn't be like, like you shouldn't be scamming people. And then you actually say it. And then by saying that you're helping people and then like, boom, more ideas or like something comes from it. Cause like, I always find when I like hop off a call or I've done a live or a class, I get ideas from students. Like they're truly the ones that teach you what you need to be doing. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred thousand percent to that. Yes. And I think with, yeah, I guess just like to add that, I think I, I was on a call with one of my coaching clients. She's a yoga teacher. And I said, yoga teachers are actually the best marketers. They just don't know it, or they don't think they are. Because like you're saying, your students tell you what they, what your marketing is basically run with that and create something with that. Yeah. And I feel like with yoga teachers, it's so like personal, personable, like when like you don't usually go to the class because of how they teach, it's more their personality or like yeah. the energy that comes through or like how they talk to you after before class, they greet you. It's, I feel like it's more so that where you create those like relationships with your students. I'm just thinking of me when I would go to yoga classes, like that's why it's like you'd go to any class or workshop as long as like that person's teaching it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. So do you want to share some mindful marketing strategies that um, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs or like soulfulpreneurs, there's all these words, but like that um, if we're just thinking about like women run businesses where it's kind of just them or like maybe one person that helps them, some simple things that they could do that are like, effective but still mindful like at its core yeah yeah and it actually like yeah that was a good segue it really is that it really like how I said like yoga teachers are you know and fill in the blank it doesn't have to be yoga teacher you can be a Reiki healer you know you can be x you know x y and z it doesn't be need to be that but you you really are the most effective marketer when you understand that you can literally just teach through marketing. So uh, I think uh, just a a good approach is to ask yourself, what do I want to teach? What do I want to educate people on? And what inspires me? Or what do I want to share? And then from there, that's when you can create a plan, extract it, extract those teachings, um, think of different ways to talk about them. And then that becomes your strategy. 
I think that is more mindful and intentional than consistently, at least what I run into with some clients is like thinking that they have to constantly talk about a sign up or buy this or come to my course that it's not that it's not not that it's that you need to also complement your marketing strategies with those what do I want to teach what inspires me what are my students really needing at this time or you know what is my audience really needing at this time you know given the state that we're in or given um, the world that we're living in right now um yeah mm -hmm. I think that like just really asking yourself those questions without getting into the nitty gritty, I guess, details yet of like, what am I, when am I gonna be posting? What am I gonna be posting? Or what should I even be on social media? What channel should I be on? Ask those foundational questions first before you start approaching the execution strategy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Cause like, I feel like some people get almost stuck on the details, maybe cause they're like scared to go on social media and they're like, oh, no, I, I don't need, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. So I'm just not going to post or like, I don't know where to start. So I'm just not going to have a strategy. Cause they're, I find even like with me, with the, like sharing what I'm doing, it's very like, um, it can be scary to like put your message out there. And I feel like a lot of marketing or social media, if it's just like a one person, um, business is a lot of like coaching them through that it's okay for them to share what they're doing um but what was I gonna say it left me but um I, that happens like too much now <laughs> I feel like it's like I need to change something um will it come back to me no it won't but it might lead me to like my next question which is do you have any tips on how to create mindfulness with social media or like technology mm. in general? Yeah, this is such an interesting question, especially right now, because um, speaking of like, you know, being a solopreneur or being your own kind of not only social media strategist, but your own executor and stuff. So I recently just yesterday posted um, some content that is around meditation, mindfulness tips and reflection and stuff. And for whatever reason, it got flagged as false and inaccurate information. So now my account is restricted and for 90 days. And so more, more like nobody can really see my content aside from like my closest friends and family um, or like those close, you know, people around there. And the reason I bring this up is because I am, so frustrated and upset at this because I'm not talking about false and inaccurate information. I'm talking about meditation. And I've seen so much other BS around there and on Instagram that is actually false and inaccurate. And the the more the only thing I can lean on is just having the awareness that I am frustrated and that I am not happy with that outcome. And it really does suck. And I think that that is the first part to having a relationship, a mindful relationship with social media is just having the awareness of what you're doing and when you're doing it and not shaming yourself if you do or are scrolling for a long time or you are feeling a bit of, um, anxiety or something from comparing yourself to someone else or another business or you know whatever all those emotions that come up from um from having our social media accounts and these platforms 
are designed in a way to not make us mindful, um, to not be mindful, right? Um, in, in yoga psychology or in Vedic psychology, there are four parts to our mind. And the, the two parts, I guess, it's, so there's the emotional mind, there's the storehouse of emotions, there's our wise inner mind, and there's our um, sense of I or individuality, our ego. So the part that social media really like latches onto is not our wise inner knowing, like that person that has the awareness, it latches on to our emotional, irrational mind, which is manas in Sanskrit, and our sense of individuality or our ego, which is very fragile and doesn't like to be, you know, compared or it wants to be in the spotlight and be the best. And so because they run on those two, our wise inner knowing is often sleeping in those moments. It it's not, it doesn't have our booty doesn't have that awareness. So simply just having a moment of awareness of what am I doing? How long am I doing this? Is this feeding into an, a certain emotion? I think that is the 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 at least the starting point of what we can do. Um, of course, there's there's maybe turning it off, you know, deleting the apps and doing different types of strategies. But for the most part, I would say it's just having that initial awareness of, yeah, I take my phone to the bathroom now and I don't know how to not go to the bathroom without a phone, you know? And I think that's kind of like all of us where we are a bit attached to our phones and that's just the nature of how we're living and can we have just another level of awareness as to, yep, I'm grabbing my phone, going to the bathroom and I'm gonna scroll, um, whatever we're doing, whatever habits we're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, the addiction to the technology is like very real. Like the only time I've ever left my home without my phone was by accident. I just walked down the street to the new vegan place that opened and I was so excited to try like one of their vegan donuts. So I like walked and I was just standing in line. I even talked to a person because I didn't even want to reach for my phone because I was like just waiting. And then like I get back and I'm like, my phone is in my purse. I like freaked out. It was on my uh, desk right by my computer. But it was like I survived like without my phone. And I even talked to like I talked to people in line and it was totally fine. But it was like it was weird. I don't think I would ever intentionally leave like go anywhere without my phone. Yeah. It's like right? a thing how it's almost been programmed like that. It very much is like, you know, you have a, at least for me, I have a little panic moment if I can't find my phone in my bag, you know, you're like digging through, or I, you know, have like a backpack and it's full of stuff. And then out of nowhere, I'm like, where's my phone? And it's like, yeah, you have that moment of fear. Um, it's a safety thing. Yeah. And I just remember the thing that I wanted to say earlier. Yeah. Okay. It was about calls to action. Cause how you're saying like with the selling, like fixating on that. I find that like somebody when I was doing like a selling course said that if you are just sharing what you know, educating, just talking to people, trying to connect, you don't even like necessarily need the call to action because they will investigate. They will go and click. They'll click the link and they'll try to find a way to contact you just mm -hmm. by you showing up, being yourself and sharing that content. But like from a marketing point of view, like you should have some kind of call to action, but I feel like if someone really wants to connect, like 
it's almost irrelevant because they'll just connect with you in a way that they want to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's different ways we can have more intentional call to actions. Like oftentimes I will, um, instead of having a, a very marketing call to action, like sign up or, you know, follow this link, ask a question. Like that's more like engagement, I guess, in the language of marketing, but it's like asking a question is also a call to action to have that relationship and to build that um, community that, yeah, like they'll click around, maybe they'll answer and then go to your profile and then click other things, you know? So I think there are other intentional ways to have call to actions without maybe doing it the straightforward marketing way. Yeah. Like, um, like, yeah, for me right now with the old Midheaven programs, like I obviously want people to like book free calls to see really? the for them, but I'm honestly just super nosy as a Gemini and I want to know what people's Midheavens are. So I want yeah. them to interact and engage and just talk about that. And it's like, I won't sell to you. I just want to know out of general curiosity. I feel like it's the same with a lot of like wellness practitioners. They just want to like know, like, um, I know a lot of people do the Q and A's and they just want to be asked questions to like share their wisdom and everything. And it's not even about like selling or marketing. It's just like them wanting to share what they are super passionate about. Exactly. Yeah. I think when that happens, it's, it come, you're, we still have to call it something. So your marketing will come off more authentic when you have more of that, like relationship building type of we can call it a strategy, that type of strategy put into what you're posting. Um, yeah, I think that that's definitely what builds that authenticity. Um, and sometimes it's fun to continue to do even when you're not selling anything, mm -hmm. even if you're not, you know, just keep, keep at it so that when you are, people are like, oh yeah, like I love what they've been posting or I love what they've been creating. So mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on like launch strategies or if there's like, a, whether you like them or not, or if there's like a mindful way about it. Yeah. I've, I've attempted them in the past. I'm currently in the midst of one. It's going better than it was last time because there is more of an, a strategy, but I'm just curious if there you have like a more balanced, mindful approach to doing these, these launches that like, yeah, kind of it is such a funny, like, like I've also taken other people's courses on launch strategies and I find them so valuable and helpful and oftentimes in practice it looks totally different I think the the main thing that I would want to say about this is like give yourself more time than you think I think oftentimes I'll come into a conversation with either a client a friend or a colleague and they're like oh I have this great idea and I'm gonna launch next month and next month sounds like maybe a long time but it's not because there's so many components to launching something, but also you need to give your people, your audience, your followers, your community time to kind of understand and learn and digest this stuff. So I would say a more balanced approach would say, I have a vision of leading this course and I'm going to lead it three to six months from now which might sound kind of far for some people, but it really potentially will take you that long to not only put the, you know, especially for you're running your own business, do the logistical side of things, of the admin, the business, the, you know, the housing of, of all of the course or workshop or whatever you're doing to then have execution 
and envisioning of your marketing strategy, and then the selling part of this course. That's kind of how I see it. Like a more balanced approach is like, let me get my ducks in a row, have all my logistical business things in place, start to envision a bit of that marketing approach of maybe you just write down a bunch of stuff. Like I want to ask more questions. I want people to take these surveys and just really give yourself that vision and then give yourself the time to implement it. So oftentimes those two kind of happen together, which is fine. But if we're, again, running as a solo business, it is exhausting to kind of be in all those different roles. And then you're also having to run the course workshop program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, yeah, finally, for a more balanced launch strategy is maybe not get in the, your head too much. I know when I start to get in my head too much, I don't actually execute well. Um, and when I'm a bit more maybe intuitive or flowy with it, 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 yeah, like something, something else comes through. And I think that's the mindful piece is allowing yourself to yes, lean into these marketing strategies or these best practices, but also allowing yourself to be free and flowing and maybe step out of those rigid kind of timelines. And I think that's probably one of my differentiators is yes, when I'm in a marketing role, I'm either with a client or a coaching client, I will offer you all these things, but then I also hand it off and say, what resonates with you and create from that space of more aligned with their energy or intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I resonate with the time thing. Give yourself time. Because like, I've done the whole like, I'm just going to do it in like four weeks. And then oh. like, you Me know, too. yeah, I've done that too. And it's like, flop, it doesn't work. It's just like, it doesn't really work. Yeah, the one I'm doing now, technically, I don't know exactly if I started like, end of June. And then like I did my free class and now it's like the programs would start in September and I started end of June. So I definitely gave myself more time. Yes. I think that's a probably the minimum amount if we can say is like, that's probably the minimum amount of time um, to give yourself for such a launch, big launch. Yeah. And it, it's weird to call it a launch because I guess you expect there'd be like a party and then instant results, but that's like not how it works. Like you yeah. have to be like patient with it because I struggle with patience so much but like um yeah I definitely the planning before I feel like I planned out like all of my content for Leo season before it was Leo season I plan with the seasons that's what that's how that's how I kind of bring in the mindful component to it yes yes but um yeah yeah Yeah. I think it's always leaning into the modality you feel most comfortable in. Like, you know, your, your zone of genius is astrology. And sometimes I'll lean into, especially if I'm wanting to launch maybe something towards a yoga, it's been a while since I've launched something like that, but I'll lean into like my themes and like, how do I teach like a downward dog or like I'm the way I teach down dog in different settings and just like kind of thinking of all of those modalities and applying it to like a marketing strategy. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm, you know, if I'm thinking of, I mean, yeah, and just going back to like a class setting, right? If we step into a class, 
you have this maybe general idea of what you're going to teach, but then everybody in the room is a little different. And, you know, one person's down dog can be a bit rounded or a bit like shouldery. And the other person has like overly flexible ribs and, and hips and stuff. And so the way that you're teaching, while it's the same down dog, your approach is different. You have to say different things. So when you think of that from a marketing standpoint, yes, you may be launching, but you're saying and posting or doing different things. And that can then give you so much more depth to what to do or what to post or what to, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's so cool. Okay. Because I know everyone does different funny things in yoga. We have different things we do, but something I'm trying out is um, I use the elements in astrology to do what you're doing, like to say things in a different way to like hit the different pillars. So I always think like I go to the mercury placement in the natal chart. So my mercury is in Taurus. So I'm usually very literal and direct. And it's like, okay, what, what's the practical info I'm going to get from this? When's the date? the time, the cost, like, where's that, that value in it, I guess. Um, but then I'm like, okay, that's how you think as an earth mercury, but there are people out there like you have an air mercury. So like you could look at a posting and be like, what's something new I'm going to learn or who I'm who, like, am I going to connect with someone new? Like, that's how you might look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing like a wellness day retreat with my YTT friend, Alicia, her mercury's opposite mine in, um, and we're kind of playing with this to promote that. And hers is in, um, water and so she's like oh I want to know about the transformation and I want to know how I'm going to feel in this experience and then there's the fire which is kind of just like you have to hit them with the quick fat facts really fast or else they're going to get bored so you have to make it really enticing Mm. I look at it from okay I have to make sure I hit my details because those are important to me but I have to make sure I'm also making it like enticing emotional transformative And that's how I've kind of been working with it. I'm like experimenting with that, but with the down dog thing, that's a different way to look at it too. The different cues, because different people, some people won't hear the cues and some people will. Like you'll say a cue just for one person, hoping that they they hear it. They shift and it's like, you just, sometimes they don't. But yeah, yeah it's, it's like lean into the modality that you love and use that as your your maybe guide rails to creating your strategy just how you're doing with the elements and stuff I wonder how many more ways there are to describe just like speaking to different audiences like how many oh I've seen so many I took a yeah like I took a course and they were talking about very similar to what you're saying but they put it in like colors so there they put like there's the yellow person there's the blue person there's the red person so similar like language you're saying but then they for whatever reason they preferred colors um yeah, so I'd be curious too, like what else is out there to describe the the different, and, and then there's like the more quote traditional one where it's like the visual learner, the audible learner, right? So those are also ways that you can think of your strategies or what you're creating to, you know, promote your things. Yeah, I remember doing a quiz for that, like an elementary school to figure yeah. out my learning style. And I feel like I got a balance of all three, like the kin- kinesthetic, like the moving around the thing yeah. or the visual. I feel like I'm just like a balance of all of them, even as an adult. Like I love pretty presentations, but I like listening to audio. And then I, I'm, I grew up dancing, which I feel like is movement. So yeah, I, I feel very similar. I feel like I'm a pretty good overall 
Yeah, I guess if I had to like pick one, maybe more visual, just because I like to write stuff. Like I like to have that like tangibility sometimes, but I also love to listen to audio and yeah, so. I have like two notebooks in front of me with yeah. all my notes. Hey, me too. I have two notebooks. Yeah. There can't just be one. There has to be two. <laughs> Same. Yeah. And they they have a really strange approach to both, but I know the system that I have in there. Mine don't really have a system. Well, yeah, this one's where I take notes for like courses and that one's more like to-do lists, money budgets. And yeah, me too. Grocery lists. Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, I have very similar, um, yeah, approach to my journals and my writing and stuff. Okay, so I guess one of the last questions is, is there a way that people can create content with more intention? I don't know if we've already kind of covered that, but. Yeah, yeah, we kind of have already covered it, like, like in every little pocket of things we've been talking about. But really, it comes down to not, not it comes down to, I guess something that I use with my process is connecting to myself, connecting to my practices, maybe taking a few breaths. And to me, it comes through as like intuition or like just connecting and feeling some type of spirit, if I can call it that. Um, and then creating from that space and just, you know, asking for my message to be heard and received well by whomever is seeing this. So I think just having maybe that intention as you're creating, if I'm working for a client or if I'm working on a project, I maybe won't do that, that full step. Like I won't maybe do all of that. Sometimes I will, you know, ask to write on behalf of someone else, this is business and ask that whatever message needs to come through me will speak, you know, from their behalf. Um, and just sharing really, I think, creating content that just inspires you, like as a person, and not creating necessarily for the growth or, you know, the ego driven maybe needs. It's really like, I think it comes off more intentional when it is something that you love and that you care for like you know I see your content for astrology and I know that it's coming from your space of your inspiration your love you the way you speak about astrology is really for education for other anybody around there to learn um, and that comes off much more intentional beautiful and and loving than if somebody was consistently coming on to, you know, just sign up, you know, just, you know, you can, you don't give away too much. Cause it's like, you need to have a one-on-one -on -one session with me to hear any of this and find that balance, basically find the balance of sharing. And of course you need people to come in through your sessions, your one-on-one -on -one stuff or group stuff. See, I, if, if you talked to me about a year ago, I probably would have been like, I can't do a video on each midheaven. I'm going to give away too much information and then they're going to know about their midheaven and they're not going to do the program with me. But chances are they probably don't even understand what the heck the midheaven is. Exactly. Like they're just going to hear something, something in the video like, oh, that's cool. Oh yeah, that resonates. But you're just skimming the surface. Totally. And so it's almost like a reframe mindset of like, you're not really giving anything away because they truthfully don't, they're not really going to fully understand the concept through a post because they they're might not. buy it so fast. Like 
it just needs to intrigue them or have like, they have to have some kind of moment with it. And then they'll actually get something in a one-to-one -to -one because that's like a you're holding space in a container. Instagram, I mean, kind of holding space in a way through content, but not really. Cause you don't yeah. know what else is on their feed. Like you don't know yeah. what's before and after your post. It's you don't. Yeah. And I remember being in conversation, I was getting um, a pendulum kind of session read and the woman was like, you know, you can learn how to do this. You can do this. And I was like, I don't want to though. I don't want to learn this modality. That's why I'm here. And I think we kind of need to understand that too, as practitioners, as business owners, is that while we can share a lot, you know, you're sharing a lot about the midheaven, we can share all this stuff. People don't want to be experts. So that's why they come to you. And that's why you're helping them because they don't want to learn it. They don't, that's not their, their passion or their purpose in life, but that's your purpose. And that's why they're, they're working with you. So we got to remember that, yes, we can overshare. Maybe there's that one person out there that like learned it hundred percent, doesn't need our support. Great. They graduated from your services in a way. And then you're finding the people that it resonates, but doesn't want to dive into specific modalities like I love astrology I'm not going to be an astrologer though I just want to learn more and I and I love it being a complement to my life but I'm not going to go in and study it um that's just not where my passion lies see that's what I think I did with like yoga teacher training was the first thing I did before it snowballed into like everything that I did including astrology but I learned yoga and I love it but like I don't teach yoga yeah, but, but I love it. And I have respect for it. And I practice it like not that much, but I should practice more, but like, I don't actively teach. And um, yeah, it's like the same thing, what you're saying. You don't, yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like you don't have to, even if you do take a, you know, like you did, you took a course, even if you do take a course, maybe you realize that you don't want to be the expert in this field. You can still take classes though. You can still go and take your classes because you still like it. You know, you still want to learn from it. You just maybe don't want to be in that sphere. So you'll maybe take trainings or courses or of course classes and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how I like to end each episode is asking advice from a, so for you, it would be advice from a Taurus. So just one piece of advice Ooh. to share, just tapping into your sun sign energy. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really, a piece of advice is like, it almost is, coming through is like really get grounded in yourself like really understand what grounds you be in your own like energy like be in your own like um it almost yeah like luxurious things like have that alone time for yourself and really feel like I feel so at home right now with myself find those tools find those modalities Find that music that just gets you into being home within your own body. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I love how you brought the music into it with the Taurus. <laughs> yeah, I love music. I Like that is another way that I will hone in on like, what do I need to write or what marketing strategies do I need to do? Sometimes it's like, put the headphones on really loud and it's some beautiful magic happens through that. So Okay, so I'll link all your stuff below, but do you want to share how everybody can find you, learn more about what you do, and reach out? 
Yeah, for sure. So my, both of my websites, my personal website and blog and my Instagram handle are the same, beumana.com. So B-double-E, like a bumblebee, U-M-A-N-A. So that's my Instagram and my personal website. Um, and once you go to my personal website, you can also see like Ohm Marketing. So Ohm.Marketing is that website. And I also have a, you can find my um, monthly writings. My monthly newsletter is called The Contentment Corner. It's on Substack. And that's really where I kind of fuse my world. And I love to write about living a life of purpose, mindful marketing, and just like all of the teachings that inspire me. So that is the contentment corner yeah okay yes and everyone should go check out um your stuff because I like even getting your newsletter it just it's thought-provoking and like it's different perspectives and now looking at your chart you have like four planets in air and air is all about the ideas the, the, the like researching um sharing different perspectives so like it it clicks but like I always learn something new reading cool oh cool that's awesome and it's awesome that it like comes through with air and honestly the way that I get inspired through that is just so crazy it does feel like an air like it just like a brush of air comes through me and I have to like express it and so usually like throughout the month I'm like writing little things down on my phone that inspire me and then once I send them out it just somehow clicks all together so yeah okay so thank you so much for being on the podcast and um yeah I think that's thank you yeah so exciting and yeah I love your content and I love your bridging of astrology business marketing all of that so thanks for sharing your passion too thank you so much for listening to today's episode I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or by leaving a rating or review. It would also mean the world to me if you subscribe to this podcast, if you enjoy today's episode. If you'd like to support the podcast and continue to discover the don't tell me what to do vibration, there are three different ways you can keep listening to these podcast episodes that I put out weekly. You can also purchase the subscription version of the podcast, which is new, for exclusive episodes, or you can purchase my book, which has the exact same name as this podcast. So with so much love and gratitude, see you very, very soon in the next episode.